Hello and welcome to another episode of Creative Waffle. This is episode 51 of your host Mark Hirons. Today we are speaking to Gavin Strange, senior designer at Ardman Studios, obviously famous for creating Wallace and Gromit. He features in CBC's Art Ninja, he's written a book called Do Fly, and he is a speaker. The reason why I wanted to speak to Gavin and the reason why I love him so much is because of his absolute energy and just fire that he comes out with. It's such a joy to speak to him uh, during the podcast. We talk about quite a few different things like speaking, uh, staying young, his job, um, CBBC and being on children's TV shows, um, and also Mexican uh, TV shows as well. Also happiness and Gavin also gives his number one tip to creatives. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy my chat with Gavin Strange. So the first question I really had is, how did you get into speaking and, and what sort of route did you take? Is there a specific route? Oh, that's a really nice question. I've actually never been asked about speaking. Um, I, funnily enough, the, the way my first talk ever came about is I saw a fella get on a train in front of me in Hinkley in the Midlands and he had a T-shirt on with an Apple logo on the back. Now, this was about seven, eight years ago where Apple stores weren't really a thing. They There was only a couple. And um, and it turns out, uh, I basically walked up to him and went, excuse me, do you work at an Apple store? Uh, and he's like, yeah, man, I do. And we ended up chatting this whole time on this train journey. It's a total stranger because I was a big Apple fanboy. Yeah. And it was, yeah, it was quite new that Apple would have stores. And so we were just talking about Apple products. This was back before... Um, they were not as uh, friendly and great for <laughs> professionals as they are known now. So we just got hit, hit it off, man. We were just chatting, 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 and I told him what I did. At that point, I was a freelance uh, designer doing all sorts of stuff, and, um, and that was great, and left the train and made a new mate. And like a couple of weeks later, I'd got an email from this guy saying, hey, man, my name's John. We met on the train. Um, I currently organise events at uh, the Birmingham New Street app. Store, um, I really liked what you were talking about. And I like your work. Do you fancy doing a talk? <laughs> and I'd never done a talk before ever. Um, but you know, again, being a big fan of Apple, this guy was lovely. And I thought, well, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. So I went along and did my first talk, and basically just just corralled my friends and family to come along with me because I was terrified no one would turn up. Yeah. And essentially, I spoke for an hour and twenty minutes. <laughs> so long, so 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 too long. Took like loads of the things that I'd made with me, and basically just talked and 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 talked. You know, I did that nervous thing of overcompensating. Yeah. Um, so basically, but what happened from there was, you know, I'd spoken at that store and then because the um, events managers all speak to each other in the stores, I then went um, to Leicester, which is the place I was living. That's where I was born. Um, so I did a talk there. And then through sort of coincidence, I got introduced to uh, uh, a lovely guy called Robin, who is the events manager at the Regent Street store, you know, the flagship wow, store. Yeah. And, and and I went along and did the talk there. Nice. And then because I'd done those, it, it like anything, you know, I was gaining a little more confidence in speaking through doing them. And because I would, I think I was sharing that I was doing these talks, it, suddenly I was a speaker. <laughs> and and it, and it kind of went from there, really, just, just would do all sorts and uh, schools, universities, businesses, Amazing. conferences. Um, and I just love it. I still absolutely love it now. I find it a huge privilege, an absolutely mm. gigantic privilege to be able to talk about what I love. Um, thankfully, I'm much better with time management now. And, uh, <laughs> and I like being concise. Uh, I say concise. I still like rambling and getting excited, but hopefully within... 
reason, yeah. yeah. So w- what was it about? Because that's, that's like a pretty big step to take for your first speech, like in an Apple store and everything. So what was it about? Yeah, then? it was literally just about my work. It really cool. was a show and tell. There was no... Um, um, narrative to it because I didn't really um, I didn't really understand about uh, doing a narrative in a in a talk yeah, yeah. Um, and I just sort of winged it really but but I felt confident because it was my work you know I could I, yeah. I know my work well so I I can't get that wrong um, and it's over the years actually that I've started um, before before I wrote um, a, a book about it I would I was looking back on my talks and my work and sort of drawing um, lessons from it for myself yeah. but um, sort of sharing those in the hope that they would be useful to other people as well so yeah so in those early days it was pretty much a show and tell but that evolved into analysation and uh, extracting stories and extracting useful bits from it which is now in its current form of its, it's book, it, yeah. I'm using my work as examples but they are um, um you know, they are lessons. They are lessons for myself in there that hopefully are useful to other people. What was it like the first talk? Was it because you said you were sort of nervous to do your first talk, and then you got more confident as you can. What was, what was it like the first one? Oh man, I felt so sick. Yeah. I, I remember <laughs> just waiting, like, like just stood bolt upright. Just How many people wait. was there? Uh, oh, not not many, not many. Um, I don't know, maybe it was actually. Maybe it was. It was for me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Maybe fifty people, perhaps, maybe less. Wow, the um, first talk. Wow. Um, I mean, it was. I actually now, funnily enough, I find it more nerve-wracking speaking in front of less people than than more right. people because there's you can see the faces looking directly yeah, at yeah. you, looking uh, bored or frustrated. <laughs> actually, what in the first uh, Regent Street talk I ever did. I was talking and then I looked to my left and there was a fella asleep in the front row. Wow. So that was, that was <laughs> bad. Um, uh, which, you know, throws, throws you off a little bit. Um, but yeah, no, I, I just remember feeling so nervous and just yeah. constantly uh, just, just sort of like needing to drink some water. And yeah, I, I would be parched all the time because I was just going a million miles an hour. Um, but I think just over the years, I've just become more comfortable in speaking a million miles an hour. So I don't think I've slowed down. If anything, I've sped up. But I'm more confident in that, yeah. and, the, and and that's okay. As long as I feel like I can get the information across in an authentic way. So it might come out as a ramble and as a silly story, um, but hopefully it's 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 being a human being. You know, I'm not standing there yeah, reciting yeah. facts and figures. I'm just sort of saying, "Hey, this thing happened," yeah. and then da 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 da. So um, yeah, no, it's great. It's, it's I can't believe how how long ago really it was. I think. I think that's definitely a thing with speaking because um, I, I interviewed Anthony Burrell uh, on Monday and uh, it, I went back and watched one of his old talks and he, he was kind of constantly drinking and really nervous saying I'm all the time and he watched well the one in Bristol was, was really clear and um, you got the point and it was so it's definitely a, a learning process is that do you think the same do you think it's like a matter of time and you get more confident and more consistent and yeah 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 I do yeah I really do actually I mean it's, it is like anything isn't it the more yeah. you do it the more practice you get, the better you become and the more confident and comfortable you become in your own skin uh, as you're doing that action. You sort of make peace with, um, in the early days of trying anything, you know, like whether it's a design style, you know, you love what other people are doing and you you sort of mimic them, uh, both because you love their work, but also because um, uh, because that's what you, you're interested in. But then over time, you find the confidence to do it your way. Um, and that it's okay to, to to do it your way. So yeah, I, I just think over over time. I mean, I 
I love watching things like TED Talks and the Do Lectures. And, yeah. you know, some people are so wonderful and so articulate good, and yeah. are so brilliant at delivering a heart-hitting point or fact or stat in a very succinct way. But that's not me. I've made peace with that. You know, I like to go off the rails. I like to go quick. I like to use energy and and kind of overload people. Um, uh, And and that's okay. That's that's the way I do it. And so I'm not going to try and change that now. Hopefully I want to get better and better and refine it and and deliver great information. But I'm, I'm comfortable with how... Um, what my style is, um, so to so to speak. But yeah, I, I hope I continually can can be better. That would be great. Has that ever worked against you? The, the sort of the energetic feel or not? I don't know. I mean, generally people are are very um, kind, and I've not yeah. had too much like online abuse. Um, <laughs> of, of course, like the way I do things is not for everyone, and that's that's okay. I mean, I do take take things really personally, and of course, like anything, you might have a hundred positive responses and one, one negative yeah. and you're definitely going to focus on the negative on you and yeah. you'll spiral and you'll be like oh everyone hates me <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, but that's just natural as well I, I kind of again like to look back on that and think well that that's just natural don't beat yourself up about taking the negative uh, comments to to heart um um yeah so I, I think it's okay i think hopefully if anything um maybe people just come away if, even if they don't come away necessarily learning anything they'll come up with with a feeling of energy to be honest yeah, yeah. if i could just entertain people for a little bit i'd be really happy with that um uh, another speaker mr bingo is a good friend of mine we talk about our speaking style and because we look up to other people who deliver really great you know poignant great talks and me and him are just like the class clowns we, yeah. we've discovered you know that's our style um and and that's okay we both like we were saying about how comfortable we are with that we we kind of come on as the court jesters yeah, um yeah. Ho- hopefully make people laugh you know try not to take things too seriously especially in the creative world um you know i feel very privileged that this is what we do um so I don't like to take that too seriously and hopefully that will come across and talk. So if people just enjoy, you know, even if they just sit there with their arms crossed and just enjoy a bit of silliness for a little bit, I'm really happy with that. <laughs> I mean, Mr. Bingo style is, I've never seen his talk, but I've seen his uh, like Twitter and, and things that he's put out there. And he just, he just tell you, it's like sort of, he doesn't really care what people think. Um, no, that might be wrong. He doesn't but, at all. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, he's he's lovely. I remember, you know, I yeah. was a big fan of Bingo before I met him, and I and I knew him from his Twitter and his Insta. And I was like, oh no, is he going to be really mean to me? Yeah. <laughs> is he going to just swear at me? And um, we met out in uh, Amsterdam for FITC, nice, which is an incredible conference, and I highly recommend it. You can go. And he was the loveliest dude, and like instant. We, we hit it off and we ended up just going out for dinner getting lost in Amsterdam and just wandering around this beautiful residential neighbourhood just nice. just chatting so you know straight away we were we were uh, really good good mates and so it's it's, not, it's nice seeing um, behind that um, it's not a persona you know bingo is yeah. him he's not being anyone he's not but it's it's also nice seeing the meet, meeting the full person behind those talks because you know i've watched a lot of talks that i'm incredibly inspired by and one of the massive benefits of speaking at these things is meeting the other speakers because yeah, i'm yeah. genuine massive fans of them you know and just love what they do and love hearing how they uh, convey things so yeah it's, it's awesome Cool. I'm gonna to have to get him on the show. I have to send him an email. Just always get scared yes, with do. him. Yeah. You're just always a bit scared with him because he comes across as that guy who sort of doesn't care and um, doesn't really care what people think. So I'm not sure if he would have the time. But I'm sure he would. I'm sure no, he's a nice lovely, guy. He's a lovely dude. He's a very, very lovely man. So yes, do, do get him on the show for sure. I'm overthinking it. Um, so 
you feature in uh, CBBC's Art Ninja, uh, and it's. I wish it was around when I was when I was watching <laughs> CBBC. I mean, I'm a bit out of the uh, out of the uh, what's it called target audience at the moment. <laughs> but what, what's the show about? Uh, it, so, in a sense, the show is is about Ricky, my good friend Ricky Martin, who is the Art Ninja, and cool. it is a sort of a arts show slash sitcom about Ricky and his creative life and his friends which is where I uh, uh, fall into the fold and it's about the adventures the arty adventures that he he has um, we just uh, wrapped um, filming the uh, fourth series which is um, which is awesome nice. it's so much fun yeah, it's something none of us ever thought would, would happen so it's, yeah. it's really great being a part of it so what, what did you actually do on the show though what like <laughs> Well, the original remit was that we are his arty friends. So it's myself, um, our good friend Rich, our good friend Andre, our good friend Sarah. And we're all artists and creative people. Rich is a designer, illustrator, graph artist. Sarah is an illustrator, graphic designer. And we work together. We literally sit two, two feet apart from each other. And so the original sort of concept was that we are his creative friends and we will help him make the art. Cool. But actually, so what happened is we became more of the sitcom. So we're just there as his sort of silly friends that all of these mad things happen and and we do we do all the art together but you know we originally thought well we'll just help him do a bit of graphic design or a bit of illustration but actually we're sort of characters in the show that and that's changed over the years as well because as well you know we are not actors we are we are his mates well, yeah, um, yeah. and so it was it was totally new for everyone involved but actually over the years we we love it it's <laughs> It's it's great fun. It's always a surprise. It's always really silly. There's a lot of laughing on set, an awful lot, um, and it's lovely seeing such a positive reaction for Ricky. Um, the kids seem to really really like it, you know, because he he's being him. He's totally being him. He he is he is a skateboarder. He is an animator. He is an artist. He is into everything that he is. There's no falseness, mm. um, and he is that brilliant at everything you can do every sort of style skill or technique um so it's really nice seeing kids just have that sort of um attitude to making stuff without any hindrance they just want to try doing different things so it's it's rad i, I really <laughs> really enjoy it have you ever caught yourself on tv because i know you've got a you're young kid so have you does he watch it and have, have you ever caught yourself on tv well we well we do actually we have a little whatsapp yeah. <laughs> group because obviously we we film it and then we actually don't know how the whole thing gets edited together ricky ricky does a lot more because mm. as well as well as, as as starring in the show being a big part of the production team there's also these um sort of cutaway segments of animation tips that he writes directs mm. shoots and stars in so yeah, yeah. he has a much more holistic vision of the whole thing but for us for me sarah rich andre many others it's a total surprise so we all have a little whatsapp group um every saturday morning when when the new series airs and and, <laughs> and i mean that's just back and forth laughter with, with, you know, turning us seeing how different people did different things and maybe we weren't there at the time, but also just how the whole thing stitched together. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so we do actually, we, we narcissistically uh, <laughs> uh, uh, watch it. And we've also discovered that it's sort of like it's been dubbed in, in Spanish and it's really? quite big wow. in Mexico and um, I think in India as well. So these are total random YouTube finds nice. of, of us been overdubbed in a different language it's it's hilarious it's so good is that is that that's not done by cbbc because that's weird that's what i've wondered so that's done by a random 
person on the internet the dubbing no it's no it's done by so baby, oh. basically okay. the, you've got CBBC and the BBC that will obviously make things for the UK but then they yeah. have BBC Worldwide which is they license TV shows and creations to wherever okay. so they they would have licensed um, Aunt Ninja to other territories and then those territories yeah. dub it to make it uh, available for their language. So, yeah, it's like a full legit thing that's on, nice. like, uh, Me- Mexican kids' TV <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> it's bonkers. So crazy. you got, like, some little kid in Mexico, like, really wanting to meet you one day. That'd be amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. I actually went to uh, um, uh, Spoke in Mexico City right, wow. last last year, maybe, which was an insane experience, and, um, and, and made some really good friends there. And then... Later on, we got a, a tweet to Ricky and all of us from our friend in Mexico saying, hey, I'm watching you on TV. And it's like, whoa, <laughs> oh, my God, that's amazing. So, you know, never, I never like to take these opportunities for granted because I think it's just Definitely. bonkers and brilliant. Definitely. Is it, so is it, did you meet Ricky before CBBC or is it something that you guys all pitched together or something that you put in your, yourself in for? Or I was wondering how you got into yeah, we, CBBC. And... I met Ricky through Ardman, actually, through working right. here. He's... Ricky's done a million different jobs here. He's been creative director, creative consultant, editor, filmmaker, animator. Wow. He, he actually, Ricky's a big inspiration. So when I first joined this place, there was a regular Tuesday morning meeting that all of the company could come to. And um, they would show some clips as what people are working on. And then they also show work by lots of different people. And what they did, so Ricky at the time was an editor and they showed one of his films right. he'd make a short animated film himself and they showed it to everyone and this blew my mind because not only are they showing the work of the brilliant reputable directors here you know he was he was he'd not been here too long and he was making stuff and they were sharing it on the same platform as everyone else and i was like no way that's awesome i i, I would love to do something like that yeah. it, it really um opened my mind to that actually th- this place is really cares about people of all um levels ages abilities uh, departments make just making stuff that that was the the, the important thing and, and being given a platform so that was really cool and, you know and i think i went to see ricky and said i really liked your film and we just became mates and then at some point we ended up living together as well so we were flatmates yeah. Um, so yeah, so we've just been friends for a, a very long time through Ardman, and 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 then when uh, Art Ninja came up, it, it just sort of all naturally fell together. So it's it, it's really yeah. nice that the friends on screen we're all genuine mates. So yeah, Rich, yeah. who is in it, he's one of my oldest Bristol friends. When I first came to Bristol, I only knew two people, and so I started going to art shows just because I wanted to find out more about Bristol artists and be a part of it. Mm. Ended up meeting Rich, came on his email list. He had a flat come up for, for rent and um, I ended up being his flatmate and nice. we lived together for like four or five years. So and then through that we met, you know, Ricky. So, yeah, so we're all genuine um, long term uh, close friends. So it's, it's really cool really that nice. we're all sort of experiencing this together. It's awesome. Yeah, that's really that's really nice. It's uh, really nice close relationship then, obviously, with the, with the friends. Um Actually, one thing that's sort of off topic, when you move to another another place, how did you find it hard to meet friends? Because it's something I've thought about in the future. Um, I've never really asked anyone about it. So have you, ever, have you ever found it hard to, obviously you're quite an outgoing guy, do you ever find it hard to meet new people? Because it's a big city as well. Yeah, no, I do actually, because it, it's quite funny. Sort of my, 
Oh my, it sounds like the most pretentious thing to say, but my on stage, my on stage persona, um, uh, you know, I'm full of full of energy, and and I really like that. But I'm I'm not like that all the time. Cause right. That would be insane, and people would probably want to murder me. So, um, I'm actually I can be quite shy, and actually, especially in new circumstances, I'm not always I'm not very loud. I, I sort of keep keep myself to myself. So actually, right. I sometimes did find it difficult to meet new people. But going to art shows was was easy because I you if you're feeling particularly shy you could just go and look at the artwork have a look and then leave yeah, um, yeah. but you know it, it felt quite easy to strike a conversation so I would just say just you know find common interests and go through 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 that really and then you know your confidence builds a little bit so yeah it, it was was not easy but of, of the two people I knew I, I um, one of them was a, an artist was actually the reason I came to Bristol a brilliant artist called Mr Jago who was a big fan of came to have a meeting with him because I was building his website for him because I was just a big fan and um, came to Bristol, fell in love with the city and in the process, that's that's how I came here. And so I would just hang out with him a lot because I was freelance at the time. Yeah. Um, we'd just have like drawing club and he, he's an incredible artist. I would just go over and just hang out and um, um, just just draw and just, you know, we'd have lunch and then I would be introduced to lots of his friends. So it's, it's just like small steps, yeah. isn't it? Small connections, um, yeah. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. Small connections, but the fact that me and you met, you know, we we ended yeah. up ended up chatting. That that's it, isn't it? It's as simple as talking to people that that doing similar things to you, and then you just become friends. And it's like, like oh yeah, I know so and so. Yeah, no, you should talk to X. And uh, you know, it's again, it's just the more connections you make, you just it just then grows and grows. So I met uh, a few people at the after sort of party of that event as well because um, I was on my own in Bristol. So I sort of had to make friends. Otherwise, mm. it's a bit awkward. So like, like you say, I, sp- I spoke to. I mean, it helps when drinks involved as well. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, even even the SNAS guys, they um, they saw that I was sort of alone. I'd, I interviewed Freddie before, so they took really took me on board, and I was really grateful for that. But it really, yeah, it really, it's really nice that they helped sort of build those connections. Um, oh, it is, yeah, and that's and people do like doing that, don't, don't yeah. they? You know, and that that is just really nice because, yeah, like you say, not everyone is like, hi. Yeah, nice exactly. Yeah. You know, it's because I'm the same. I get a bit awkward in sort of situations like that, and like one of, especially if it's people I like, I really know and look up to. I I just go really shy, and, yeah, you know, because yeah. I just go, oh, I really like <laughs> what you do. Okay, bye. You know, I get a bit nervous. So, um, yeah, but it's it's nice. It's just nice to see that the people do see that and reach out and, and that's it isn't it as soon as you make one connection it just grows yeah yeah is it is there an element of um keeping your brain have you ever thought about this like keeping your brain young and keeping uh your mind young for, for the future or is that just something that you, you just enjoy doing it so happens to help you stay creative <sighs> do you know what these are really great questions man i've generally <laughs> never been asked any of these questions that's, before, that's good ever. that's that's yeah that's really cool happy about um, that I think it maybe I think it comes naturally because I am just a big child really you know I still love video games and toys and characters and bright colors and, and funny sounds and you know I still have that same mentality because because I I think it's lovely I really like that child like um wonderment at, yeah. at, at, at um, you know, sort of seeing the world really as as much as I get very serious and political and go on my rants about the world, I still like seeing it for all of it. You know, through naive spectacles, really. Um, so yeah, I don't ever feel like I need to um, uh, to to work at that, and I try really hard to not be cynical. I think kids, by their very nature, are not cynical. They don't understand what cynicism is. They're not yeah. built with it. It's kind of something that happens over time. As 
you know, life grinds down a bit or, you know, hardships uh, uh, take their place. So, yeah, I quite I like to be as childlike as I can because I just think it's really there's, a, there's time and a place to be grown up and mature and to yeah. handle things. But, you know, to enjoy things in that childlike ways, it feels quite natural. So ho- hopefully that will never go. You know, I don't, I don't think it has. I'm 35 yeah. and I feel as young as I did at any age. I'm more aware of it as well, which is really important. I think I'm aware that I want to keep this energy up and to um, to yeah. see the world for all of its goodness despite um despite its, its its badness really i think there's a there's an interesting thing with kids especially like they're not they're not stupid like they're they're very clever like even at even their young age um they remember things certain things from when they're childs and um, as they grow up but it's yeah that creativity like all the, all the adults look at it and, and sort of wonder what how, how are you so happy sort of thing and then you grow older and get a job that you don't like and get through this system of, of, of life and it's yeah it, it's good that if you can do something that um, you like and, and you do and you want to do you can be happy and, uh, yeah I don't know I'm going off in a weird deep tangent no, here but, but, <laughs> no, but I, I totally agree you do you you definitely have to work for it I mean I think I I probably work for it without thinking too much about it but yeah you definitely it's a right. mindset you have to adopt and you have to keep and you have to fight to keep really yeah, right. you know like you said because life does happen i'm incredibly fortunate and nothing too terrible has ever happened to me so i've not yeah. had to deal with those hardships i totally realize that recognize that um and i'm incredibly fortunate for that but you know if you've got to you know pay the bills and you're on the breadline and 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 just life happens and and, and illness or whatever you know it, it yeah. is difficult so it's it is something you do have to work towards um to, yeah you know it's it's, it's not it's not but some people also are very happy being miserable. That's that's also great. That's that you know, not, work, not everyone yeah. can be like, Hey guys, everything's amazing <laughs> you know, because that would also be exhausting as well. So uh, yeah, but you do you do have to work hard to, to keep that mindset for sure. Because I've got uh, family and especially um, people like growing up at like my grandparents for example, they're telling you know, saying have a bit more safety and security and get a proper job sort of thing where I was at home um, I'm currently at home uh, doing my own thing and that's where I want to be I, you know, cause it's, I find it's the best time to do it now when I haven't got any bills to pay and I'm, I'm living at home but they sort of see it from that have you ever had that sort of feeling from someone where they told you to grow up or, or do something a bit more secure I mean it's not secure because you've got a very solid job and it's it's an amazing job but yeah, it's gone. <laughs> yeah, no, no, but it, but it is, you know, still to, and it is quite an abstract concept, really. We get yeah. paid to make something from nothing, you know, yeah. we're, we're, and, it, and it is a skill. Of course it is a skill, but it, sometimes, especially if it's digital, you don't have a tangible thing to offer to someone. And so I totally understand sort of where that mindset comes from. I think it's definitely changing as time's gone on, and obviously um, the, the internet and the importance of digital creations is, is far more um, visual than, than it's ever been. But, you know, when I was, when I was really young when I was um, sort of 16 or so and and I think I I thought I was going to do graphic design but I didn't I didn't understand and and I do think this this was not helped by careers advisors not really having a connection with industry yeah I didn't actually know what the applications of design was so I was sort of floating towards I'll do graphic design at college because that sounds fun Um, but I do remember I do remember my dad who was 
oh, has always been supportive of arts and creativity because he's very creative himself. But he's an engineer. Right. Um, you know, he's like, you should get yourself a trade. If you don't know what you're doing, you should get yourself a trade, you know, because you, you'll be a, a plumber or a, or a, or a builder, you know. But, and I, I knew I didn't want to do that. Yeah. And he never, he, never pushed, he never pushed me to That's like, well, this is what you should do. It was more, you need a direction. And right. actually, as I've got older, I realise how similar I am to my dad because he is always going forwards. He's, he's technically retired, but he is the busiest man ever. He is a painter and decorator and, and handyman that works around the clock always because he just likes doing going forwards. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. He wanted me to at least have a clear direction. But, you know, at 15, 16, I, I really didn't, I didn't, um, didn't know. So, yeah, it's so fortunate. I've always had people to support me, my, my family. Um, yeah. My brother's very creative. He's a printmaker, artist, sculptor, photographer, painter, many different things. Um, but yeah, you know, there's it's the reality of it. It's all well and good being floaty and creative, but they did want me to be able to survive in the real world. So how are you going to turn that creativity into a job? Fortunately, I found um, being a web designer when I was 17, you know, I fell into the right industry at a really interesting time so it, it worked out for me but I, I totally understand the sentiments yeah I mean I'm sure it will work out um, and they'll sort of realise but uh, it's good that you came from people around you that were creative as well because uh, I think it's people slightly don't, don't really understand when it, when it's not uh, when, you, when they're not from a creative background and I had a, had a woman called uh, Dominique Faller who on the podcast, who uh, said creativity is like a muscle, and you have to exercise it, and um, you have to be creative in order for it to to give that back value. Um, and yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And obviously, the people around me, they're not they're not as creative, uh, or they're not they're not exercising this creative muscle, so they, maybe they don't understand. Or anyway, that's yeah. We'll see. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure it'll work out. But um, yeah, thank you for a bit of therapy there. <laughs> no, man, no, that's what I'm here for. Um, Final final question is, what sort of advice would you give to creatives out there if you could leave one bit of advice? Oh, wow. <laughs> one bit of advice. I think I always like to say, actually, the most important thing is just to, to make stuff. It's just to continually do stuff. My boss here just once told me that you're only as good as your last piece of work. And I love that. And, and and I don't mean it in the sense of you've got to keep slogging, you know, like cause some people do see work, the word work as laborious, as, as, as drudgery, as difficult. It's more just just keep creating, just keep making because you're always going to get better. The same as creativity is a muscle. So is your skill set. So is how good you are. You know, you need to keep training to get bigger, stronger, better. Yeah. Um, just just constantly really and I think there's there is no downside to constantly making stuff you know some people are sometimes scared to to make stuff and put it out there because they're not they're scared of the reaction scared whether yeah. it's good enough just get it out there and then move on to something else and then move on to something else because you know you'll build up a huge portfolio of creations you'll create your own path to yourselves because you'll start looking back thinking well actually i really got most enjoyment when i was doing this kind of stuff and so you'll naturally steer in your own way you know you will see the mistakes you'll see the things that you don't like you will see the things that you do like and so it's just actually there is there is only a benefit to be continually uh, making things and, and seeing where that can take you because then it's also you're totally in control of it you know you are just making those those things the difficult part is having the energy finding the time um, knowing what to do uh, getting those opportunities but you know as long as you get in a rhythm like like with working out or training you know you once you're once you're in it once you're there once you've gone to the gym you know the hardest part people always say oh, i'd love to go to the gym but i just can't be bothered to get out of bed yeah of course because why would you because <laughs> you want to get out 
get ready, walk into the cold, dark, and then start training. But as soon as you're there, like anything, like generally like exercise, as soon as you're there doing it, you're like, oh, wicked. And the feeling afterwards is awesome because you're like, yeah, I did it. I feel great. I've worked out. I'm better than I was. Awesome. So, yeah, actually, I think uh, comparing it to exercise is a really useful analogy because it is is the same for sure. Awesome. Well, thanks very much for being on the podcast. I really appreciate the time. Oh mate, it's an absolute pleasure. Thank you for very much for having me. I like the fact you're you're sporting your uh, jumper as well. That's very good. Yeah, uh, creative problem solvers, blue day design. That's uh... <laughs> nice. Yeah, just, just just pop this on today. Just this old thing. But that's good. Self promotion is the best kind of promotion. <laughs> I, know, I got I got them um, in the post yesterday, and I've, uh, no, not yesterday. A few days ago, and all I've done is wear them. I've got like ten of them. So it's just <laughs> it's a bit like the Mark Zuckerberg thing where he wears one T-shirt. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Awesome. Yeah, I appreciate the time. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Creative Waffle. You can find Gavin over at Jam Factory on Instagram and social media, or you can go to his website, jam-factory.com. I'll have all the links down below. I tried to find a few different topics that uh, he hadn't talked about before, and I think it showed. Um, I hope that you found it interesting. I hope that you really enjoyed this episode. Um, let me know down below uh, in the comments section or if you're on YouTube. Uh, subscribe or if you're on iTunes then uh, please leave us a little comment and review. Really appreciate your time. Thanks very much for listening and I'll see you in the next one.